Hey, and welcome to Gizmo Sapiens Show 214. I'm Chris, and with me today is... I am Matt. And uh, come with me if you want to um, uh, work, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about automation, and mainly we're going to talk about automation of jobs. And uh, some things have, you know, with the, uh, the worker summary, uh, worker summary, the worker shortage here in the United States right now, um, automation is being implemented left and right. And so um, the biggest one that's going on now is self-driving trucks. They believe that uh, according to several studies, one by the University of Michigan, um, that self-driving trucks can replace long-haul truckers. And so what that means is that um, if you have a trucker who's driving a semi over 150 miles uh, or more, that those jobs would be replaced by automated trucks who would do the, the long distance highway driving where driving is kind of boring and but very consistent. And that only human drivers would do that like last mile delivery where you know you're driving in neighborhoods with with uh, but that's only until <clears throat> drones take those jobs true very true that's you know i mean it's <sighs> well even today google made a big announcement that one of their or alphabet i should say made an announcement that one of their divisions is is uh tackling that last mile delivery with drones um even more so advanced than when amazon has been testing and it's kind of funny um the company i work for to make my real money, the money that affords me all of this. <laughs> um, we're headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. And when you're driving around Nashville, Tennessee, like I'm going to the office sometimes, uh, Amazon has got the, the little uh, last mile delivery drones. It, it's a test ground and you'll see them in all the little neighborhoods as you drive by on the main roads. These, you know, little, uh, I'm trying to remember what the toy was back in the 70s and 80s. Remember the little truck? It was like a dump truck, but it was it looked like it came from Battlestar Galactica and it had a keypad on the top and you could program it. Oh, yeah. And it would like drive and then turn left after so many seconds. And, you, you know, you could you could actually come up with some very technical programs and make it, you know, like you could stand in one spot and make it drive all around a room and, and come back to you. And, and, you know. Yeah. They look like that except they're, you know, about the size of a, a German Shepherd, hmm. and uh, you know, they're you, they're all these Amazon employees with these trucks, like box trucks, and the doors will be rolled up in the back, and there'll be like eight of these in it. It it, it looks like you know the uh, inside of the uh, the Marine car uh, air carrier uh, from Aliens. <laughs> you know, they're parked in there in their little slots, and then they have ramps, and they you know the employees have remotes and they're pulling them down and then they set them off to deliver packages and stuff um, you're right that last mile is going to require fewer and fewer humans but the long haul is the part where uh, is getting tackled first and this is what has surprised me because i didn't realize this but 90 percent of human drivers will be eliminated by automated long-haul trucking 
that's a significant. That's five hundred thousand jobs. Wow. Um. And, and you know the the idea is that. Um. Anytime a uh, something has to be shipped in a in a semi over one hundred fifty miles, I think I said this before. Um those jobs will be replaced with an automated truck because the distribution centers that they're building are sufficiently outside major population centers and right off the highways. So these trucks don't have to deal, you know, the AI doesn't have to deal with the complex um, and convoluted uh, traffic situations that you get when you're, you that know, you, was, you get inside the cities. That was my... My concern with this is I, I don't trust AIs yet. I don't trust AIs, period. I'm, I, there's reasons why this show is titled what it was titled. Uh, but here's the thing, Chris. I don't have faith in automated systems interacting with human traffic. Well, that, that's the whole idea is that these would be... Now, if they're on their own separate infrastructure that these companies have paid for be my guest well you know that that's what's but if you're going to turn this into yet another corporate welfare public works project i'll kindly pass well i i I don't think it's something you can pass on it's something that's going to happen right now in the united states we're eighty thousand drivers short and that's just to move material around you know part of the the backup at the two largest ports in the United States and you know Long Beach and, and LA is not that we can't have enough dock workers to unload the ships it's that we don't have enough truck drivers to take the material from the docks and move it to where it's supposed to go so the docks don't end up emptying so that they didn't have room to unload more ships and this is this is the solution that they're they're going to use for that the problem with it is, is instead of just covering those 80,000 drivers that were short, it's going to end up because you know how it is. The investment makes more sense the bigger you can grow it. It's going to end up cutting out these 500,000 jobs. Um, and like I said, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Is this one of those things that uh, we're short the, the 80,000 truck drivers because of where these jobs are located? In which case, wouldn't the solution be to open a new port in a location that has the, the personnel that we need? Yes and no. I mean, it, it's a hugely complex. In this situation, it's hugely complex because... As logistics often is. Yeah. So we open a new port somewhere else. Where do we get the dock workers? Well, it, <laughs> you know, again, I mean... It's, and, and so then we're short... 300,000 dock workers, what, what's happening is they're figuring out that if I, we automate this, well, and there, there's lots of, so what there's lots of advantages. Long Beach is in California, and California yeah. is, a, is, a, is a huge labor market, negative free market zone. <laughs> yeah, no, for, I, for, I agree. I agree. I mean, I mean. And it's not them. They're just the largest ports in the United States. But, you know, you have Savannah. Um, you've got New Jersey. You, you know, they, But didn't Florida just open a new port? They did. But I still think they're short workers. 
is my understanding. Because if you look at Florida, it's a bunch of retirees, so there's nobody working. <laughs> Unless you work for Disney. And or, or, or government. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, but, but that being said, um, one of the biggest things to come out of the study from the University of Michigan was that when they were interviewing truck drivers about their jobs, you know, actual truck drivers, the majority of them said that, yeah, you know, a lot of my job could be automated. <laughs> and so now this is one of those things where I think, you know, we, we have worldwide, I don't care if you call it the great resignation or whatever. Uh, the truth of the matter is in the United States, we've actually come upon a Japan moment. We're just a couple of decades later than Japan. And that is because of the baby boomer generation. And this is what I don't think a lot of people are thinking about, particularly even our age, because we're the kids of the baby boomers. Right. You know, is that most, almost all the baby boomer generation are out of the workforce at this point. They're retirees. And they are the largest generation of people that we have. Every subsequent generation after them has been smaller and smaller and smaller. That is actually, has actually, because of just attrition and retirement, yeah. we've lost a lot of, of people in the workforce. And a lot of people who were doing these types of jobs, because then again, here's, here's, here's the, uh, here's the flaw in uh, what I believe is the solution you propose mm -hmm. or is being proposed. The, the generation that, uh, the segments of the population that are still having babies are not the part of the population, I have to say this very carefully, uh, is not a part of the population that is overly affluent and capable of doing high-tech jobs. Would you agree? Yes and no. Let me finish my statement, okay. which will tie into your statement. Very well. So what has happened culturally from the baby boomer generation on was that we encouraged people to go to college and so subsequent generations have many more college graduates uh, and we have fewer trades skilled trades agreed and, and long-haul trucking you have to get a special cdl license and all of that i mean there's a lot to it it's um is a skilled trade and so we've discouraged subsequent generations from applying themselves to these trades which kind of flows into the people who could fulfill these jobs you know in our our population but they can't afford the schooling required or the occupational licensing required to take over these positions so what has happened is corporations are like well everything else is insurmountable or you know the effort to do to fix this is insurmountable to us, so we're going to automation, because and, and there's from a from a business standpoint, there's a lot to be said for automation. Um, no unionization. I don't pay uh, no sick days. Exactly. No maternity no days. Leaves, you no got maternity it. Maternity leaves. No. And so 
you know, in, in, in this case, they're going to automate the, these things. Now, are they going to use a federal highway system? Yeah. Be, un, until now, at some point, either because accidents are going to happen, because even the AI, they cannot react if there is, uh, you, you know, a, a force like a human being who is an irrational force out there on the highway and causes an accident. Right. Um, if they feel that that's, you know, going to cost them too much money or, you know, it, because their material's not getting anywhere and it's getting destroyed, kind of like the, the ship, mm-hmm. um, which, which is kind of funny. So as a side note, in Bloomberg's uh, newsletter this morning, they were talking about uh, Porsche was uh, their, their first quarter this year. They're down twenty four point two percent, and they blame a lot of it on the fact that all their inventory coming from Europe to the United States is sitting on the bottom of the ocean in a big ship, and they had to write all of that off. <laughs> but, but you know, if things like that happen, that means that you know they might use their political influence to then go, well, let us have our own separate highway, which. I've been claiming that even human truck drivers need to be on their own separate highway. A, a semi-truck, according to the California EPA report back in the 80s, a single semi-truck, whether it is fully loaded or not, does the same amount of damage to the highway as 20,000 passenger vehicles. That's And when they included passenger vehicles, they were including pickup trucks and small work trucks, you know, box trucks that haul things the last mile. Yeah. No, I... I wholeheartedly believe that uh, even as a public works project, a a commercial infrastructure is within the scope of what real government should yeah. do. Yeah. I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I just would like to see. I'd like to see it not mismanaged. I agree. Which. When you include government, yeah, it, mismanagement's part of the. the that's deal. part of the equation. Yeah. But you know, you see self-driving trucks, and we're talking about long-haul truck driving. Gets AI. Shipping is is prime to be disrupted by this same thing. You know. To, I mean, think about how small crews on ships are today. But they could get them down to where you might have two or three people who are operating an entire ship because of automation. You know, big cargo ships. The problem with that is not the the technology end of it. It's the piracy. Yeah. Um, but if the AI gets good enough, I mean, look at aircraft carriers and their, anti- their aircraft defense systems that throw up grids of bullets. <clears throat> you know. Now we're talking about arming a... Come with me if you want to live. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, you're right. But again, there'll be some way to figure that out. Uh, They will come up with a way. So let's move on from that. Okay. So, you know, in that case, we're talking about um, kind of a skilled trade that they could lose 500,000 jobs to. Well, Walgreens uh, has built a new uh, prescription fulfillment facility in Dallas, Fort Worth. 
and it is completely roboticized. And one of the reasons, and now this is for fulfilling prescriptions that are like recurring. It's not like fulfilling a prescription that you need within a couple like of hours. Or, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but they were using human pharmacists and they could only fill 300 prescriptions per day. And these robots in this facility are able to fill, fulfill 300 prescriptions per hour. Nice. And so because of this, Walgreens is now developing regional hubs and, you know, doing this everywhere. Now, they're not looking at getting rid of pharmacists. They're trying to change the role of a pharmacist from fulfilling prescriptions at the local stores to actually doing the, <laughs> They say healthcare. Yeah. And yeah, I this is where I, I here's where I uh, disagree with the, the the description of what a pharmacist's job yes. is. Yes. <laughs> this is not their job. Yeah, because in the quote, and I'm doing air quotes here, Walgreen in the article actually said um, that this will free up pharmacists to provide health care. And it says pharmacists will still provide time-sensitive prescriptions at local stores while the automated facilities will, fill, will fulfill recurring prescriptions. This will allow pharmacists to develop relationships and create community with their customers. That is not their job. Their job is not to be a doctor. If they wanted to be a, a doctor, doctor they'd gone they should have school. gone to medical school and become a doctor. I will, to the ends of time, that will be my opinion, and I will spout it from the mountaintops to, to any and all who, who would care to lend me an ear. Well, you know, technically, it, it, when you look at pharmacists in the sense of healthcare. They're there to fulfill prescriptions prescribed by doctors. But I think the one thing that pharmacists have got out of doing is examining what is being prescribed and looking at the pa what everything else the, a patient will be taking. Because the pharmacist is the one who's trained to understand what the reactions so between I, all the drugs are supposed to be. I get that. And if they want to raise a red flag, they can do so. But for a pharmacist to tell a patient that a prescription that the doctor gave you won't be filled because I'm the pharmacist, that is not right. It's just not right. If a doctor prescribes Invermectin for any reason... No, I agree with you there. Pharmacist has, has no, no right. right. Yeah. The only time a pharmacist should... And, and this is where... You don't really get the patient involved yet. You go, you look at what they're prescribed, you look at what the other person has prescribed that you're fulfilling for them. And that's getting harder and harder to do because of HIPAA rules. So like, because of pricing, some particularly elderly people, they'll go to CVS and get certain drugs fulfilled because it's cheaper there. And then they'll go to Walgreens and get other ones and they'll go to Walmart and get others. And so they're not allowed to talk to each other about unless you transfer a prescription over. But if a pharmacist looks at what you're, that, you know, they're fulfilling and there's an, a, something that the doctor has prescribed that might interact badly, it's their job to go back to the doctor and say, hey, there could be a possible reaction here. Should we prescribe an alternative drug that does the same thing? I have no objection to that. But you're right. They shouldn't be blatantly not filling because they don't agree with filling a prescription for... Now, I don't think ivermectin's a good a good example because you can go down to Tractor Supplier Royal King and buy all the ivermectin you want. What we give horses and cows is the same stuff that they give people. And, Beside the point. And the fact that 
in the United States, we don't, there are many drugs in the United States that we require a doctor's prescription for that we shouldn't because right. the rest of the world does not. <laughs> well, and again, this is a, another one of those things where there are gatekeepers to our health care yeah. that we shouldn't have that only raises the cost of health care, period. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So last but least, and we've talked about this before, where automation is going to take over a lot of jobs, and we, we're starting to see it. It's probably the first place where, as an individual, you're starting to see the uh, automation take over things, and that's in the fast food industry. And this was in a total... The reason this happened is, and then it got, it, they had to double down on it. It started because, you know, these unskilled jobs, starter jobs, are not having to have to pay 15 to $18 an hour. Um, and that was through the government picking who wins and who loses uh, through legislation. Then we have COVID and we couldn't get workers or people were decided that they didn't want to work because... The, again, the government chose winners and losers and gave a whole bunch of extra money they should never have given in unemployment benefits. Um, or the government just shut them down. Yeah. Well, and then you also had the, the issue of, uh, of uh, stimulus checks. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a stimulus check because I'm not even going to go there. That just, that's a, a rat hole that I'm just disgusted with. But the But... Going back to our, our, what we're discussing, so like McDonald's started replacing cashiers with touchscreen kiosks, and you go in and you, you know, beep beep boop 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 boop, and you pick, you get your meal, and then somebody from the back will bring it up. You pay for it at the counter. They have you, you know, it's like a ga at the gas station. You know, you pop your card into the little credit card reader and, and you pay. Um, they've even taken it a step further, and I I use this. Chick Fil A was the the leader in this. But McDonald's is certainly caught up. You get on your smartphone and you put in the app. And before you leave wherever you're leaving from, you order your food and they give you a code. And when you drive through the drive-thru, you say, you know, you give them a four-digit code and they pull up the order that they've cooked already. And uh, you don't have to give them payment or anything and they hand it to you through the window. Um that's where we've seen it. And and the funny thing is, is I talk about McDonald's is probably where most people saw it, but Jack in the Box was the first place I remember it ever being that way. And it that's hilarious because we don't have many Jack in the Boxes where we are, but the one in Cincinnati that I remember going to and, and having to deal with that, because they literally, where you walk up to the counter, their kiosks are actually sitting on the counter. There's nobody there. Yeah. And you go in and you do it. Um, that jack-in-the-box is closed temporarily because they can't get enough workers to work in the back. Wow. Yes. <laughs> um, but what's funny is there's a company, and they're making what's called Flippy the Robot. Mm -hmm. And Flippy has uh, already been implemented by Buffalo Wild Wings to, to, uh, and at White Castle. And what they're doing is they're fry station robots. So... The fry station is probably the most dangerous job in fast food. And that and the fry station can be like at Steak and Shake or at White Castle where you're flipping burgers on a griddle. 
or it can be like Buffalo Wild Wings where you're deep frying chicken wings. And Flippy the Robot is taking over a lot of those jobs at those places. And so it, one of the things at BW3s, which I don't go to very much anymore, but actually the quality of the fried wings is better because the robot is very consistent in getting it done. And the same thing with White Castle. Uh, it's very consistent uh, because, you know, they have probes and everything and they can tell if the meat's gone. Because as a side note, um, where McDonald's is still using human people, I ordered a double quarter pounder two days ago uh, for dinner, and I ended up having to put it in the air fryer because the meat, while it was grilled and looked really nice and fried on the outside, was cold and raw on the inside. Wow. And so, you know, these flippy robots, while they're cooking, they have temperature probes and sensors, and they're much more accurate at making sure that People don't die from food poisoning or undercooked food. Hamburgers, not too terrible, but E. coli is an issue. Uh, chicken, though, you know, I don't know how many. I've gone to major good restaurants like like BJ's mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, gotten chicken and had to send it back to the cook because it was beautifully cooked on the outside and it was raw on the inside, you know. And, and that so that's one of the advantages of, of these automated systems over the – the, you know, it's the food becomes consistent. It, it reduces the chance of killing your customer and then ensuing litigation. Um, but, you know, it's solving a lot of issues. And again, this wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for a labor crunch in, the, in those industries and the forced raises in wages. Yeah. Because if I can afford to pay 15 to 18 or I'll even pay $20 an hour, for three people to come and run a restaurant all day long because everything is automated, then have to pay, you know, 15 people a shift, $15 an hour to come and, and work at my restaurant. You know, it, it's a, it seems to be a sad state of affairs, but we've gotten to the point where, you know, People don't want to do these jobs, and I and I don't quite understand it because even some of the jobs I find enjoyable, like mowing lawns. And trust me, mowing lawns is going to become lawn services are going to have a guy who drives a truck, and he uh, has the ability to take these these beacons and place them at the property line corners of your property, and he's then just going to go to his smartphone or tablet and hit mow and trim and it's going to get these these devices are there to do that i mean we've had for 10 or 15 years we've have automated electric lawn mowers that would mow a grid in your lawn and then return to a charging spot until they needed to do it again and uh, we're we're at the point now with the drone technology and things that lawn services are going to start doing this so you don't have to own you know these overly expensive pieces of, of equipment and they're going to come out and mow your lawn and one instead of a crew of guys who come out and to get it done quickly so they can move on to the next job it's going to be one guy within a whole automated system and these automated robots will go out and do it here's my fear about the statement i made earlier the jobs that we keep eliminating are the jobs that have the population yeah. 
How does that help us? It doesn't. I mean, at the end of the day, the more of these jobs, you're right. I mean, the more of these jobs that we, we automate because they're, they're essentially considered unskilled is going to create a bigger wealth gap because the folks who cannot become skilled through economic, you know, because of economic limitations, um, are going to continue to fall fall farther and farther behind. The flip side of this. Now, the fl- the flip side of uh, you know, uh, to continue my thought, but it, the flip side of that is a good good way to state that is that it does create a whole bunch of new job categories we didn't have. It's kind of like when I said about like if if we really were serious about energy independence then we would get rid of the electric grid in most places and we would go with having homes be solar powered and wind powered and be self-sufficient. But you would still need, it would create new categories of jobs because you would now need people who could go to these places and perform maintenance. And, you know, it might be like a pool service, you know, you need somebody who comes out three or four times a year and they wash and clean all your solar panels or they check the stat, you know, people who come out and check, do battery removal and, and testing and replacement. Um, and the same thing with this you're going to have people you're going to need new newer uh, mechanics who are going to maintain these you know automated devices and machines and all that the problem is is that the jobs that they're creating are more technical and require more training than the jobs they're replacing exactly the other thing that's an issue with it too is a lot of the jobs that we're replacing are what we call starter jobs or training jobs. So, which have already been corrupted by the whole $15 an hour thing. Um, You know, the $15 minimum wage because people were trying to use training jobs as permanent positions that you build as a career and live off of, uh, which they were never intended, intended to. But it's also eliminating the ability for younger people, you know, in the workforce to get their first jobs and understand what it is to work and create that work ethic. Correct. So my fear is continued automation of these types of jobs will lead us to idiocracy where we're going to have a whole bunch of people who have no skills to contribute to society and that's going to be the bulk of the populace well we already have Dwayne Macho Camacho Mountain Dew as our president so (laughs) I would say Dwayne is actually probably more qualified (laughs) well let us know what you think send some feedback to gizmosapiens at gmail.com and we'll see you on the digital flip side Gizmo Sapiens, a technology and entertainment podcast. You can reach us at our email address at gizmosapiens at gmail.com. That's G-I-Z-M-O-S-A-P-I-E-N-S at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you, and we'll see you next week from the digital flip side.